This is Yehudi Feldman. Uh, today we're going to finish up Perek Lamed of Mishle. We're going to start with Pasukyur. Al Talshain Eved Al Adonav Pen Yekalelcha Ve'ashamta. It's a person should never say bad things about a servant to the master or the employer because number one, it's wrong to do it in the first place. And number two, the person you're doing that to, the servant will curse you out and Hashem will punish you. Now you might ask, why would that be? Because this person is on a lower social scale and Hashem is more attentive to the complaints of people on a lower social scale. Remember, in Kestet Talbet Ami, you know, Shamoa Eshma Sakatal. In other words, Hashem warns you that basically, if you don't heed, you know, the the needs of the people in society who are deprived, you will be directly punished. And especially if the person you're causing the problems to calls to Hashem to do something about it, to, and 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 curses you. In in uh, Kohelet, there's a statement saying, you know, don't feel too bad when your servant curses you out because after all, you curse out other people. Now, uh, Mishleif Agurban Yakek turns to the people in the generation, or you might say the circles, uh, groups of people who behave in a way that basically should be condemned. And I believe that the connection between verse 10 and verse 11 is precisely the word the kalel, which does not necessarily mean to curse. When it says here, Dor aviv yikalel lo this could be a parona measure. What's being played off is the meaning curse and the meaning to treat lightly, like vatekal gvirta ve'eneha, or avror makle aviv ve'imal. But this generation is accused of of treating their parents lightly, and I think is not properly greet their mother, not so much not to bless her because children don't bless parents. Uh, JPS translates and brings no blessing to its mother. That's cute, but I think the point here being is that they do not greet their parents with the honor their parents deserve. I, by the way, recommend very strongly on this chapter, the JPS 1985 translation. A generation that is, you know, very pure and clean in its own eyes, but meanwhile is so covered with filth. Seya is the, or soa is the biblical word, the Tanakh word for fecal material. And so here they are covered with fecal material and unwashed and still thinking upon themselves as being pure. The, the point really being here that the behavior of these people is such that they have no reason to believe that about themselves. A, a, a generation of people who whose eyes are always thinking that they're haughty 
And but as a practical matter, they have nothing to be haughty about. And furthermore, this generation has teeth that are like those of a wild animal, and it's it draws the whole purpose of which is to eat the poor alive, and let's just say take the needy. And Adam, at the last word, could also perhaps make us think Adama. Might mean to push the poor off their land. La Aluka Shteva no Tabhav, Shalosh Haina Lo Tisbana Arba Lo Amruhom. Aluka is the leech. The Shteva notes are the two, uh, the mouth of the leech. That always wants more blood, and this, this, notice that in this particular verse, we have shtayim like we had before shtayim shalti, and we have shalosh, and we have arba. The shalosh arba unit is very common in Tanakh. It's found in Amos. It was already seen in Mishlei. It simply means we're going to give you several examples of insatiables. Shaol va'otzer racham. Eretz lo sava mayim, the ash lo amraham. The grave is never satisfied. Uh, women who cannot have a child are never satisfied until they have one. The land, no matter how much rain falls on it, always seems to need more. Remember, we're talking in a country where rain only fell five, six months out of the year. And the biggest issue that people always would think about would be if we had enough rain. So there was never enough rain. You never hear a complaint about the Tanakh about too much rain. But of course, once a fire starts, there's no way of stopping it. Remember, in the time of the Tanakh, they didn't have the type of efficient firefighting services like we have today, where the fire department in New York City boasts that uh, they'll always be at the call within four minutes of the time it's made, and the boast is usually correct. Um, in ancient times, a fire was an extremely serious threat. You know, people had to pretty much try to put it out themselves. Um, if it spread, there was very little hope that it wouldn't just burn everything down. Again, disrespect to parents, as we heard just a few verses ago. The eye that mocks the father and scorns obedience to the mother should be put out by ravens or by eagles, meaning it should be put out. In other words, you know, people basically, people who show that kind of disrespect deserve to have their eyes put out. I'm translating Yikahat as obedience from below Yikat Amim. JPS translates it as homage. Now we have the riddles that characterize the rest of the chapter, which are, you know, what the, I'm going to theorize that what we have here was originally a riddle, and the riddle was What goes and leaves no trail? So it's 
the riddle's not actually spelled out because the answer tells you what the riddle must have been. Derech Hanesher Bashamayim, the the path of the eagle in the sky. Derech Nachash Aleitzur, the path of the snake along the rock. Derech Aniyam Belev Yam. Those examples are examples that everyone would agree with. None of those leaves a noticeable trail. The wake of the boat is gone in no time at all. But the punch comes in the fourth clause, the derech gevra ba'ama, followed by the next postuk, kain derech isha mina'apet achla u'machata fiha ba'amra lo pa'alti evan. Now already we see that the point of all this is to say that it's unfortunate but true that people can have illicit sexual relationships without anyone knowing about it unless, of course, an accident takes place and the lady gets pregnant. But those kind of accidents didn't really happen all that often because if they did, people wouldn't be involved in illicit sexual relationships. So this is what, notice that in verse 19 he said, Derech Hanesher Barshamayim. Now, Derech Isha Menayafet. You know, she enjoys, she devours, and then she wipes her mouth. This is, of course, a metaphor. And says, I didn't do anything wrong. Now, this sounds like we heard before. Gozel, Aviv Imo, Vaomer, Ein Peshach, Averhu, Ish Mashkit. People are always prepared to basically say, Oh, I didn't do anything wrong. Well, I robbed my parents, but after I would have inherited them anyway, so what's the problem with taking advantage of the fact that they have Alzheimer's to get them to sign checks over to me? Or, for example, uh, well, you know, why not sleep with another fellow? You know, uh, basically, there's no harm done. I'm having a good time, and my husband doesn't know anything about it anyhow. This is all described in detail in Chapter 7 of Mishlech. Now comes another one of these numbers. Tachat shalosh rogza eretz v'tachat arba lo The riddle would be, what turns the world upside down? Answer, tachat evet kiyim loch, when a slave becomes the ruler, or perhaps when someone who's not the actual son of the king, but rather one of the king's servants takes the kingdom from out from under the hands of the rightful heir. Like, for example, David could be accused of, of doing that to Shaul. Shaul did have a rightful heir, namely Ishbal, Ishbosheth. But somehow David, who was at one point, you know, basically started off as, you know, an evident of Shaul, in the sense that he was part of Saul's retinue, inherited him instead of his blood son. And then, I'll take this as another reference to say for Shmuel. And that's about none other than Abigail's husband, Naval, who was really a Naval, but the richest man in Yehuda. That is something that causes, the, that's turning the world upside down, that a man so wicked should be married to a woman so bright, so nice, so beautiful, and, and yet he's so rich. Tachat ki tiba'el, ki tirash Another thing that turns the world upside down is when a woman who is basically the rejected woman, and a good example of this would be Leah and Rachel. Yaakov did not want to marry Leah. The only reason he ended up marrying Leah was because Lava deceived him. 
Now, Yaakov Avinu could have divorced Leah on the spot because it was a mekach ta'uk, and basically, uh, but he went along with it, and he not only that worked seven more years for Rachel. I'm sure the reason Yaakov did that was because of the fact that he realized that if Leah couldn't get a husband in seven years, when she was single and still a betula, what's going to happen now that she's damaged goods? So he stayed with her, but he didn't like her. Right? So the fact that he end, she ended up with him was basically something that turned the world upside down. The Shivcha Ki Tirash we could say that's Hagar and Sarah. Hagar goes around talking like if she's now the mistress because she's pregnant and Sarah isn't. Notice the word in Breshit is which is the word we used before. And the only thing that stops, you know, the process is when Sarah, you know, puts an end to it and says, Lo ye rash ben ha'amahazot im b'ni im yitzchak. The next riddle. Arba'ahem ketanei eretz v'hemah chachamim mechukamim. We're talking here about small creatures who show a great deal of wisdom. Hanamalim amlo az. The ants are can be crushed. You can just step on them. They have no strength. But just the same, they know better than a lot of the kasilim that Mishlei loves to make fun of. But you have to prepare in the in the dry season for to have food in the rainy season. Back in chapter six, Mishlei said. Notice again that the ant is shown to have the wisdom to work hard at the good time so it'll have food in a bad time. Shfanim are the JPS translates it as badger. We're going to say it's some animal within the rodent family. But either way, the point is, you know, there are not too many of them. They don't have very much strength, but they are able to survive because they set themselves up in the, cre- in the crevices of rocks where no one can get to them. Um, in fact, uh, Barakina, she makes a point about this. Sla'im machseh la'shfanim. Then, melech ein la'arbeh kulo. The, the locusts managed to go in waves, in formations, without anyone who's leading them into formations. Like, for example, when Shaul HaMelech first goes out to war against the Pushtim in chapter 13 of Shemuel, he divides, or they divide their army into Shloshar Rashim. You know, there's no one who seems to be giving orders to the locusts, but they, do, they look like if somebody is giving orders to them. And finally, the fourth one, smamit biyadayim titapes, vehi vehechle melech. The lizard, you know, can be caught in your hand. These are the small lizards we're talking about, not alligators or crocodiles. And even though you could easily catch them and throw them out of the window, the fact of the matter is that they somehow managed to get into the king's palace. Hechal and Tanakh does not necessarily mean a Beit HaMikdash. It could also be the palace of the king or any other super-duper large building like, let's say, the White House. Even in places that are, that are very well protected by soldiers and the Secret Service, 
somehow the lizards get it, you know. Even though they're not that strong, they somehow get in when they're not supposed to be. Finally, Shlosha Hema Metive Sa'ad, Metive Lechet. This is admiration for animals and creatures when they walk. They have a certain look to their stateliness and the way they stride. That they, the JPS translates it as they carry themselves well. I like that translation. The, the lion is the strongest of all the, the beasts, and no one can make the lion turn around. The lion goes where it wants to go. Zazir matnayim otayish umelech akumimo. These are already three different creatures. Zazir matnayim is understood by Chazal to be the rooster. Um, JPS says it's a type of a dog, but we're going to go with the traditional understanding that we're talking here about the rooster and the male uh, male sheep. So they're, of course, the ones who are strong and lead the pack. Um, nobody starts up with the rooster. He, he rules, you know, rules like a rooster. And the same thing, nobody starts up with the young, you know, buck of the sheep. And furthermore, no one certainly starts up with the king. When the king walks, everybody stands up, and that person does it, they're in trouble. And no one's going to stand in his way. In Mavalta Zamota Yad these last two Psukim in chapter 30 are difficult. So I'm going to translate them, you know, according to the JPS. If you have done something, that is really a bad thing to have done. Because of the fact that you were arrogant or you plotted something or schemed something, then for heaven's sake, don't talk about it. Because if you talk about it, you're going to cause still more strife. Like, and here the word miss does not mean juice, but it's a verbal form which means to squeeze. So if you squeeze the milk or you press or churn the milk, you get butter. And if you punch someone in the nose, you get blood. You squeeze the nose. And finally, if you squeeze the apayim, which also means the nose, but in the Tanakh it means the temper. Okay, erech apayim. You know, uh, you do that, you're going to have a majorly quarrel. Okay, with this, we're finished chapter 30. And tomorrow, my wife Brenda is going to finish Sefer Mishlei with two lessons, one on the first half of chapter 31 and then one on Eishet Chayim. Shalom. It's been nice teaching, Mishle. I really enjoyed it, and I thank Jesse Salem for asking me.